0: for seafood news
1: hello seafood world you're listening to the seafood news podcast brought to you by Erner barry's reporter the quarterly news magazine for the food industry professional check out the summer 2019 issue our annual market analysis edition which is out now I'm Seafood News Managing Editor, Amanda Buckle.
0: And I'm Seafood Market Reporter, Lauren Castiglione. Thanks for joining us. Now, before we get back to the news, I want to talk more about The Reporter.
1: Oh, yes, please. It's... A good one. A great one. I uh, Yeah, I think I probably say that for every issue. I think we both do, you know, how
0: fantastic it is. But we top ourselves every issue.
1: I, seriously, you know, um, and I think we really mean it for this one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> our staff put so much time and heart into it.
0: Yes, yeah, so much that we actually had to add pages to the issue because there was so much content. It's true.
1: It's true. So to start off with the cover, we actually switched things up
0: again. Note, I was not on the cover of this one either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. I, I was like, oh, yeah, your cover story. You got so excited. Oh.
0: Yeah. And then.
1: Yeah. Um, those who subscribe and you can subscribe for free by visiting earnerberry.com slash reporter. Notice that we revamped our cover with the spring issue. Well, we kept that look going, but this time we unveiled our new logo text, which uh, like officially unveiled at our exec conference. Right.
0: So. Which got great feedback.
1: Yeah, I I like it a lot. Yeah, a little softer upgrade upgrade to, but just the text is really nice. Yeah, Mm -hmm. total upgrade. So that's just a little something that you can take notice of when you look at the new issue.
0: And we've got African swine fever, a visual look at the current situation, which is our main cover story. But there is plenty, and I mean plenty, of seafood coverage in this issue. So we've got stories on the shrimp market, the lobster market king and snow crab markets
1: the crab meat market
0: my personal favorites the tilapia and pangasius markets the scallop market crownfish market and the pulpo market she wrote all
1: those stories (laughs) Um, plus we have
0: the salmon market and the mahi market so much information and the charts you don't want to miss those
1: and did we mention that it's free we did but i'm gonna mention it again
0: do it up. <laughs> the Earner Barry
1: Reporter is, is free. Free. <laughs> free, free, free. Yes. So you can either read the digital version online or get a copy sent to your home or office or both. Both. You know? uh, just visit. Mm-hmm. Visit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ErnerBarry.com slash reporter. ErnerBarry.com slash reporter. Uh, shall we cover some news now?
0: Let's do it. And let's just get this out of the way first. There has been another North Atlantic right whale death in the Gulf of St. Lawrence, and that marks two North Atlantic right whale deaths in Canada this year, and it's the second one this month.
1: Yes. so we previously spoke about Wolverine. He was the, uh, nine-year-old male right whale whose carcass was spotted during an aerial surveillance flight on June 4th. And if you'll recall, he got the name, um, because he had three scars on his back from when he got hit by a vessel. So this poor whale went through a lot. But uh, now Fisheries and Oceans Canada has confirmed that there has been another sighting of a dead North Atlantic right whale. And this whale was found northeast of the Magdalen Islands during a Transport Canada surveillance
0: flight. The DFO said that they have located the whale and installed a satellite tag to track it. As of Friday, June 21st, they were assessing the recovery and necropsy options. Now a necropsy was conducted on Wolverine, but the results did not reveal evidence of acute fishing gear entanglement or a recent strike. However, veterinarians with Canada Wildlife Health Cooperative said that the further testing to determine other possible causes of death is pending.
1: The DFO has been pretty good about announcing temporary fishing closures anytime there is a right whale well sighting in the area. They've closed over 30 grids so far this month but unfortunately that still hasn't prevented right whale deaths from happening so it's not clear how the dfo will move forward but like we said earlier there is no confirmation that these deaths are related to entanglement or vessel strikes and uh, we have to wait until more information is released
0: now this actually ties in with a recent study that was led by dr sarah sharp a veterinarian with the international fund for animal welfare Researchers looked at 70 North Atlantic right whale deaths that occurred in a 16-year period between 2003 and 2018. The team was only able to definitively determine the cause of death for 43 of those 70 whales, but of those 43 whales, the researchers discovered that nearly 90% died in a direct result from entanglement in line and vessel collisions.
1: Dr. Sharp said that it is critical to emphasize that no adult or juvenile North Atlantic right whale deaths were a result of natural causes. She added that it's clear that the whales are unable to live full, productive lives because they are dying prematurely as a result of human activities. Now, there is no denying that these right whale deaths are terrible, especially considering that there's only an estimated 417 right whales remaining. Um, But protection efforts have been causing a lot of controversy.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a super important fact that none of those were able to live a full lifespan. That's crazy. Um, So earlier this spring, NOAA's Atlantic Large Whale Take Reduction Team, a group consisting of federal and state officials, scientists and fishermen, and others appointed by NOAA, met to come up with measures to reduce the number of whale deaths and serious injuries by 60%. What they came up with was cutting the number of buoy lines and requesting that fishermen use weaker ropes. Fishermen in the Gulf of Maine have to cut their lines by 50%. Meanwhile, those in Massachusetts have to cut theirs by 30%. The move has caused concern amongst lobstermen who fear the impact that cutting lobster traps will have on them.
1: The tension over these measures is so bad that Maine Congressman Jared Golden actually introduced an amendment, co-sponsored by Congresswoman Shelley Pingree, that would block the controversial right whale regulations that would require lobstermen to reduce their vertical lines by as much as 50%. Now, Golden's argument was that Maine lobstermen would be making huge sacrifices without clear evidence that those sacrifices would have any positive impact on right whales.
0: Golden said that it's important to help the right whale, but there is not conclusive proof that right whales are getting entangled on Maine waters. NOAA needs to use sound science and reliable data to make its policies, and that can't happen without peer review. My amendment blocks the use of NOAA's data tool and the resulting regulations until the data tool is subjected to peer review. So,
1: Golden's Amendment would have prohibited uh, federal regulators from spending money on right wall protections that would impact lobstermen, but it was voted down this past Thursday. So, the U.S. House of Representatives voted uh, 345 to 84 to kill the amendment.
0: On the other hand, Massachusetts Congressman uh, Seth Moulton introduced an amendment that would include an extra $1.5 million in funding for research of North Atlantic right whales. There's already $1 million set aside in legislation, but Moulton's amendment would bring the total to $2.5 million. The amendment doesn't officially guarantee funding. The House will vote on the final passage of the bill this week, and then the Senate will work on their own version. After the House and Senate come up with their own versions, negotiators will produce a single plan that will then wait for the president's signature.
1: So we'll be sure to keep you posted on that. But moving along, uh, Starkis is the last remaining corporate defendant in the tuna price-fixing lawsuit uh, brought by the U.S. government, and they are contesting a government filing asking for a $100 million fine. Uh, At the same time, Starkis has made a number of settlements with customers that uh, arose out of the price-fixing scheme.
0: During the first weeks in June, Starkis announced a number of settlements. On June 5th, Starkis settled with CVS Pharmacy, Affiliated Foods, Associated Grocers of New England... Western Family Foods, Associated Food Stores, Giant Eagle, McLean Company, Fairway Stores, Basha's, and Spartan Nash Company. On June 10th, they settled with Wegmans and Crosdale Foods. Starkist also settled with Walmart for $20.5 million in January. The amounts of the new settlements were not disclosed.
1: Now, the U.S. government, in its court filing, argued that Starkist was inflating its settlement costs in unrealistic uh, projections and that it actually could pay the $100 million fine in six installments at no interest without jeopardizing its business viability. The government says that a lengthy investigation uh, using outside experts also concluded that a $100 million fine could be paid by the company. Accordingly, the government is insisting that the fine be set at that level. Now, Starkiss is arguing that Bumblebee was assessed an, A- uh, an $81 million
0: fine and only paid $25 million because of viability concerns. They have asked that the judge hold an evidentiary hearing allowing them to cross-examine government witnesses regarding the assertion that they can pay $100 million and remain viable. In the filing, Starkist argues that even a $50 million fine will be difficult for the company to pay, and they seek a payment schedule with a balloon payment of $25 million five years after the date of the sentence. They argue that canned tuna sales in the U.S. are continuing to decline and that the revenue from tuna will not be sufficient to provide both the government fine and the restitution due to individual customers.
1: They also claim that in the past, when a federal fine has threatened the ability of a defendant to pay restitution, that fine has been reduced so as to assure injured parties of receiving civil restitution. In support of their claim for more lenient treatment, Starkis says that they were charged as being in the conspiracy for a shorter time than uh, Bumblebee now that they only had a single executive plead guilty compared to several from other tuna companies.
0: So we will have to see how it all unfolds. Yep. But moving along to our final story of the day, Alaska Senators Lisa uh, Murkowski and Dan Sullivan, along with Congressman Don Young, sent a letter to the U.S. Department of Agriculture Secretary, Sonny Perdue, earlier this month seeking an assistance package for seafood producers who have been affected by the trade war with China. The letter comes a couple weeks after the Department of Agriculture announced that an assistance package would be made available for food and agriculture goods affected by the Chinese tariffs.
1: The letter reads, "Um, unjustified retaliatory tariffs on U.S. seafood are disrupting trade and significantly damaging seafood producers across the country, especially in Alaska. So the Alaska delegation is looking for the agency to include seafood in their trade relief package for agricultural producers. They say that the relief package is vital to Alaska fishermen, Alaskan uh, coastal communities, and seafood processors who supply both the foreign and domestic markets. Negative consequences of retaliatory tariffs on Alaska seafood have amplified throughout the supply and marketing chains, affecting Alaska coastal fishing communities and stakeholders at the local level. According to the Alaska delegation, U.S. producers and their customers have been absorbing the costs related to the initial tariff increase. However, that cannot be sustained in the long term.
0: You can find a copy of the letter from the Alaska delegation in its entirety on seafoodnews.com. Type Alaska in the search tool. And that about does it for us. We're all business this week. Yeah, no fun and games. Nope. Once again, this episode of the Seafood News Podcast was brought to you by Ernerberry's Reporter, the quarterly news magazine for the food industry professional. Visit ernerberry.com reporter to subscribe or read online.
1: Bye-bye.